Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me for this one is my old partner on the Locked On Texans podcast, Brian Patterson. And most of you know Brian from his work at HouseOfHouston.com. If you don't, go check it out. Good to have you back. Brian, how's it going, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's good to hear from you, Robert. It's been a long time, and you know, it just feels good to be back and just talking about everything, all things Texans. You know, we go way back to uh, you know, locked on Texans. Yeah, there's just so much to cover, so many opinions to be had. Looking forward to debating everything with you, man. <laughs> yeah, we actually got sports to talk about for the first time Thank in a while. Gosh, thank goodness. Oh, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's 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 start off. I'm gonna I want to get like a big picture uh, towards the end of this on, on the entire draft. But uh, the Texans, you know, they make some picks. There's some other moves that we, we're going to talk about a little bit later as well. But let, let's might as well start off with the the first pick uh, in the 2020 Texans draft, which was uh, in round two. Remember, the first round pick goes in the Tunsil deal. Uh, defensive tackle Ross Blaylock is the guy. Uh, dad is uh, Harlem Globetrotter, Harlem Globetrotter coach currently, a former you know player, and, and he went to TCU. This was the pick, Brian, they got in the DeAndre Hopkins deal. What what else can you tell us about him, and, and, and what, what did you think when they made that pick? I think it was a, a, a terrific pick that the Texas made. Um, I've already done my grades. I've already done my homework on this guy. And I think that he will, out of all the draft picks that the Texas have put together uh, for this draft class, he's going to make the impact the quickest. Now, as Bill O'Brien has said, this is going to be a year for the veterans because with the offseason program being off track with COVID-19, yeah, they're not going to be able to to get accustomed to get acclimated to the system as they normally would. Right now, we'd be talking about OTAs, which is going to be happening in just a little bit here. Uh, typically, that's that's when it would happen. It's usually what in early mid-May. That's not going to be happening. So depending on if there is going to be a training camp or are they just going to have to jump right into the season once things are cleared and they have a plan, if, if we do see games this season, likely without fans, yeah, those rookies are, are just going to have a huge learning curve we may not get to see these guys but Blacklock you're going to see I think a little bit of him and what I like about him is that he's extremely athletic he's fast for a guy of his size he was first team all big 12 came out of TCU um, yeah he's he's a local product too he, he from Missouri City Elkins High so he doesn't have to go far. I mean, he goes from his mom's house all the way to NRG Stadium. What that's about twenty minutes up two eighty eight. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he missed the twenty eighteen season. He had an Achilles injury, uh, but he came back in twenty nineteen strong, and that's what counts. It's not how you start; it's how you finish, and it, that's what got him up in the draft. So you have to worry about injuries, you know, long term, but. Guys come back from Achilles injuries. I mean, they may not necessarily be 100% the same guy, but I think he could still be very effective. I mean, he is, I, I would have to say, a good uh, pass rusher. Um, he could be better. They're going to work on that with him. But you needed a guy in here. That, look, there's going to have to be a partial rebuild of this defensive line. Whitney Merciless, you know, J.J. Watt, they're not going to be around here forever. We really have, or the Texans really have not had 
a guy that's been good at effective at stopping the run and stuffing the run since Jadavion Clowney. Huge loss. We're just not getting that type of uh, play from these guys that we have down there now. But Blacklock and then, you know, the next pick after this, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. These are guys that we could count on that would be able to get that done. We're going to see a lot of them in 2021, but 2020, I, I wouldn't expect to see too much or expect much out of them because it's just going to be such a huge learning curve without an offseason training program. But, um, Another thing about Blacklock is is that he his dad was a Harlem Globetrotter. His dad actually was the first African American to start for the University of Texas. He is in the Texas University of Texas Sports Hall of Fame for that feat because he he, he broke barriers, but a very very storied career by his dad. So athleticism is in the family and with that with the black clock name. Um, I, I just really do think that he is going to be the one that's going to make impact the most. And no, he's not perfect. He's, but he's got a motor. He's here. He's willing to learn Went through a great football program. I just really think that, that he's going to, to be able to make that impact. Yeah. He's kind of got to be the replacement for DJ reader, but he's a different yeah. kind of player, right? Brian kind of not the same guy type of guy, right? Yeah, he's. I would have to say that this man is a little bit more explosive uh, than than DJ. I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna probably see some highlight real plays uh, out of him. DJ got the job done, and he just you know I would have loved to keep him, but you know the kind of money that he got from the Bengals, you know there was no way they're gonna pay that, especially when you got to pay Larry Tonsil, you got to pay Deshaun Watson. That's gonna be coming, and then you have to figure out how you're gonna get money for Zach Cunningham. We don't even know if he's gonna be back. If they're gonna be able to keep him so it, it, it's just you know there's a lot of tough decisions that the Texans have to make but I think that this is the type of guy we may be forgetting about who DJ Reader is I love the guy but I think that he's going to be the type of guy that's going to have us forget this is all contingent on if he stays healthy yeah you better figure out how to keep uh Zach Cunningham in a year that's 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 a yeah. must must keep yeah. because he's really turned in, turned into something. Now, round three, Jonathan Greenard, linebacker from Florida. This could be their starting strong side linebacker, Brian. He would be the replacement for Brennan Scarlett, who gets hurt all the time. We know we you and I know this. He gets hurt all the time, and then he gets a one year deal uh, every time. I mean, because. He he is a safe gamble, and he usually accept those. You know, he's accepted those. You know, one year deals because we just don't know. You, you you can count on him. Last year he had a long stretch without getting hurt. Then toward the end there, it happened. I, I, we already knew it was going to happen. But but not only that though. On in the same regard as we're talking about the injury, Reynard has had has belt has dealt with injuries as well. This is another guy that you have to worry about. Twenty eighteen. Hurts his wrist, misses a whole bunch of time. 2019, the wrist is still not back, but it's okay enough for him to play. So he's playing through pain. He's trying to be effective. Um, also about him is he was uh, in Louisville's program. But, you know, when Bobby Petrino got fired for, you know, what, uh, we, we don't have to repeat what he did. But uh, he, 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 he transferred to Florida, which he had a very, very good season. A lot of people think, a lot of the experts are saying the Texas reached for this pick. I think that the Texas got who they needed. This is a guy that fits 
their scheme. I agree with this pick. I don't think they could have sat on this guy. And who knows, you, um, you know, with the draft, you know, Bill O'Brien was absolutely upset. Like, I, I don't know if he even wanted him because I think he was trying to trade him to the Lions so that way he could get more picks. But the deal fell through. It was, you know, something that was televised. I was watching the, the draft. He was having a meltdown on the phone. He slammed the phone down, walked out of his office. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> Bill O'Brien had a meltdown? <laughs> and then his kids just, like, sitting right next to him. Like, he already knows the drill. He's just, like, sitting there calm. And he just moves out of his way. And <laughs> he's like, I've been this, I've been there before, Dad. I already know. I already know you're upset. But uh, <laughs> You suck, too, Dad. You suck, too. You yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprising to go out and do that, <laughs> man. Uh, but that's that's the thing. You know, who knows if if that's who they wanted? Who you know, it, he may have been on their draft board, but who knows if they had just picked him to to get him to the Lions so that way they could make the deal. Because one of the things, if you read his lips, he says, "That's your pick. That's the pick." Yeah, he was shocked, and it was like he had to accept it. So now they just have to work on trying to figure out how he's going to be in this game. And you're right, Rob. He did say, uh, you know, at the press conference, you know, after the first, after the second night, I'm sorry, uh, on Friday night, that he is going to be the Sam linebacker. They want him on the strong side. That's where he where he needs to be. But you worry about. We already know that he is a good. Uh, he's a good guy that could stop the run. He, he is that's that's what he does. That's but as a pass rusher, that's something that he's got to work on uh, himself because he is not known for being just an elite pass rusher. I mean, other guys, you know, as far as above average tackles that he was going up against back in 2019, I remember reading some things from Pro Football Focus that, um, you know, he didn't do too well against the above average tackles in the SEC. I mean, those that weren't as good, the you know, the lower level of competition, you know, he you know, was able to dominate that. So it just really depends. I honestly want to attribute that to that wrist. If we could get that wrist right then I, I think he could be just as effective if we pick somebody else. And I think this should put a chip on Jonathan Greener's shoulder. He, she, he would say, okay, you didn't want me? I'll show you. I'll make you regret why you had that meltdown in the middle of on national television. Right. And, you know, it, it, they need to figure out a way to get a, a better pass rush. And hopefully Blacklock is, is going to be part of that. Greener, I, not an explosive pass rusher. That's why you're not hearing him as the, the, the weak side guy, strong side guy. You know, maybe maybe he helps you a little bit. And like you said, run defense was also an issue without Clowney. So uh, all of that in consideration. Now, the next pick, they, they move up. They move up a few spots. They've basically focused on a guy. They give away two of their three seventh-round picks that they had in this year's draft to get, and this is what I don't get, Brian. They go after an offensive tackle, Charlie Heck, who, you know, he's out of North Carolina. He, he looks like a guy that's probably just a swing tackle. I mean, that's that's what you hear from a lot of the people out there. So why with some of the needs that they've got, I mean, they, they still need a running back, I think, because David Johnson is, has got a big injury history. Duke Johnson is not a number one running back. To me, that 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 should have been a priority in this draft. Uh, you, you still needed help in the secondary. Instead, you get a guy that I think he's at best a swing tackle, but he you don't want him to be your starter. You want Titus Howard. You just drafted Titus Howard last year in the first round to be your starting right tackle. What did you think of this pick? 
I like the pick uh, because he is definitely very talented. Um, he is huge. Yeah, he's 6'8", 311 pounds. He's telling everybody, I want to get up to 320. I want to be able to help push people around. And I, I think that that's – I think he's he's going to get there. With with Charlie Heck, uh, with, with this situation here, uh, yes, he could certainly be uh, the swing tackle. Uh, but would you – I can't take it out of the question that you could be the starting right tackle on me, but you invested a lot in Titus Howard. You've got to put him there. You'd have to move Titus to, to right guard, basically, right? Yeah, that's the only way that's going to be able to work. And you, you, you're probably thinking that that's going to be occupied by Max Sharping, or you could put him on the other side because Max is staying here. Max, Max was great last season. Really proud of him. Uh, but, but with Charlie, you know, with the situation there, I think because they wouldn't trade it up to get him. So obviously they felt we are not comfortable. And this is what I'm thinking about this. They're not comfortable with Roger Johnson, and that's a shame. Roger Johnson, I think, he's not a household name, but he started out the season pretty strong. Yeah, then he kind of leveled off, and then he went down. I'm not saying off a cliff, but— I, I'm not disappointed that they're not excited about him because <laughs> I, I don't think he was anything special last year. No, no, not— But Charlie Heck, I tell you what, is special, and maybe that's what it is. They're, they're like, well, I, they, they felt that we could do better— than uh, Roderick Johnson, because I did not expect him to work on offensive line this draft. I, I thought that they were going to be okay with what they had. So I, I honestly didn't even know they were going to trade up. I thought for anything, they were going to be trading down to get more picks, but they actually moved up in this draft. They did a deal, another deal with the Rams. Luckily, this one was one where he didn't get hosed <laughs> with, with, with the Brandon Cooks. I mean, I think he's finding, yeah, he and Les Need and Sean McVay, they've got a little thing going, a little relationship. And, you know, hey, he might be calling for more deals. I just hope that he doesn't get screwed. But, but it's like they were worried about Heck going in the draft, but he was he was like a projected fifth or sixth round guy, right? I mean, he wasn't, you know, this isn't somebody like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's still on the board. I mean, why do you have to trade up for him? Like, what were they worried about there? Did Zyrline, did Lance have him? I think he had him in the fourth. I think he was right about where, I don't know what's all over the place with experts and whatnot, but I think he, he was picked right about where guy, where, you know, a, a guy like him. Would have I think a, he had him in the fifth or sixth. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 I, I was trying to remember what he had written there, but it may have been a reach, you know, in regard to what people think. But I think that he, he could blossom uh, in this situation. Just imagine just because his calling card is stopping the run. I'm not stopping the run, run blocking, excuse me. So being able to, because we're going to have Duke Johnson, uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, David Johnson, the two Johnsons, you know, in the backfield. Uh, you've got, who, who knows if Karan Higney is going to make the make the team. He's on the roster right now. I always say you'd have a good shot unless somebody beats him out. He's going to be the third back. Uh, he, he's going to be able to run block for these guys. And just imagine somebody of his size trying to go up against him because he's top heavy. He is very strong, uh, but it kind of gets skinny from there. His legs, you know. They're, they're strong, but they're they're going to have to work on trying to make sure that he's more well-rounded of an athlete. So I, I think that's all going to happen. And most of all, and I know you knew, knew this, Rob, because you, you're good with these type of facts, but his dad is an offensive line. He's the offensive coordinator, or not the coordinator, but the offensive line coach uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, and they're the defending champs. Offensive line has been in his career. Andy Heck, um, you know, he was a 12-season veteran 
work, playing on the offensive line. So he's got three coaches. He's got Bill O'Brien, Mike Devlin, and Andy and, and Eddie Heck. Aren't you excited? Yeah, I hear he's got some issues with leverage, and I'm, that's what worries yeah. me as a guy that has yeah. an offensive line coach as a dad and a guy whose dad also played in the NFL because uh, he played uh, 12 seasons uh, in the NFL. The fact that he would have some leverage issues at this point, that's a concern for me, Brian. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the next pick they, the next pick they have is, is uh, still in the fourth round. Um, I believe this was the one they got in the uh, Tunsil deal uh, with the Dolphins. John Reed, cornerback out of Penn State. And everything you hear about Brian from this guy, really smart guy, you know, perfect locker room guy. You know, he can also do some things on special teams as well. But basically, he's a slot receiver. I mean, he's not somebody that, you know, Bill O'Brien saying, well, we, we, we see him as a potential outside inside and outside guy but that's not what you hear about from some of the experts out there but you know i don't know bill bill knows right he's he's the genius but what did you think about john reed the texas have not had you know any had a full-time slot corner since aaron colvin you know how that ended you know just 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 a, a complete utter total disaster uh they're hoping john reed could could fill that role because that that is something that suits him perfectly. Yeah, research John Reed. Just everything about him just says he's a model. He, he's what you would want out of a player if you were a coach. I mean, went to Penn State. He is actually the first Penn State player that Bill O'Brien has drafted in his career. So, as you know, Bill O'Brien spent some time at Penn State before he got to the NFL ranks before the Houston Texans hired him in 2014. Uh, but what the thing about I worry about John is that he is not going to be big enough. The guy is five ten. I think he's what a buck eighty seven. I mean, he looks very strong, but I don't know how far that's going to get you against some of the elite pass catchers in this league. I, I really worry yeah. about that. Well, there you go. But that the, that's why he's a to me. That's why he's a slot guy. And let's yeah. also remember that you said he's a Penn State guy. That that that's a concern because that's somebody that maybe if if. Bill O'Brien's not the GM. Somebody doesn't talk him out of it. Well, Bill, you you've recruited him, and you know, because Bill knew him, you know. So that yeah. that that worry. Whenever Bill is doing things because he falls in love with somebody, whenever these coaches is, have fallen in love with somebody because they were, you know, a part of their past back before they were in the NFL, they knew him as a college. That always concerned me. If they, oh, I know him as a college guy, and he, whatever, you know, can he? Does he have the athletic ability, Brian? To play in the NFL. That's your concern. That's it. Exactly. That that's the main thing. And and you know, he he got a degree in data data sciences. I mean the guy the guy is just smart. He he got the you know the award. Yeah, that's good. You, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senior, you know, he was like uh it, it's a it's a particular name of the award that goes to exemplary work as a senior, you know, to, in the football program. But um I, I just forgot the name of the, the award, but certainly what I'm getting at is, is that he may just be able to be that smart and be able to pick things up and be able to overachieve. They're looking for this guy to overachieve above uh, his potential. Um, I gave this pick a C plus because I just think that this pick is going to pan out uh, in, in, in regard to him just being able to 
I just don't see him blossoming to be to the point where he would be like an everyday starter. But I think that there's a way that he could contribute on special teams. There is a lot of unknowns with John Reed. But what I do know is football is just going to be one chapter of his successful career. This guy is going to be a lot more than than just a football player. I know that's what he loves, but I, I just think that he has just a really bright future, uh, regardless of what happens here with the Texans. Yeah, you're going to have a John Reed and a Justin Reed in the secondary, and both of those guys, two, two of the smartest guys you're going to find on an NFL roster. So, so that, Stanford. Yeah, that, that, that part is good. And, and then uh, the next pick, we talked about Ross Blacklock, and, and you love this pick. I, I didn't hear anybody that was too down on the Ross Black. He, that was kind of universally liked. But the other universally liked pick that I saw from the Texans was in the fifth round, they pick up Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver, Rhode Island. What can you tell us about him? You know, they didn't even need a receiver. The, the receiver's room is crowded. I mean, you, you you look up and you see the Texans have made their pick and they say, OK, well, you know, a wide receiver, why are they doing this? When you look at Coulter and just his ability, it's just natural, just he's fast. He he makes plays and that's a guy that you need on your team. He is thirsty. He is uh, serious just wants to make plays all the time in fact he had seven games through his career where it was 100 plus yards or more with rhode island yes they're in the colonial athletic association it's a small school but but still getting those type of numbers that's that's not easy to do they he this is going to be their reclamation project yeah the receivers room is crowded but this guy's going to find a way to get out there uh, on the field i mean this is just a type of talent that you can't pass up now i'm not saying he is ready to go he's going to need some time to 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 get groomed but just the raw skills you can draft based off of that Coulter is the fastest guy that we drafted that the houston texas by the way uh, what he had is 40 and what 4.45 seconds so that that says a lot that he's able to get to a spot quickly catch the ball be able to make effective plays big plays you know that's the kind of weapon that Deshaun Watson is going to love and I think he's going to you know I, I it's just tough to tell when he's going to turn that corner but this is the pick I really want to keep my eye on the most because I think that this one is going to actually pan out and then we might be saying goodbye Kiki Cutie but that's uh I'm not going off too much of a limb there but what happened to him I mean we we, we haven't seen much out of him he gets hurt and then when he finally gets to see the field he he hasn't done much so uh this may put him in the hot seat what do you think you say the wide receiver field is crowded with the Texans, and I say while you were talking that Will Fuller just pulled a hamstring, uh, Brandon Cooks uh, <laughs> just got a concussion, and Kiki QT just pulled a groin. Now what are you going to do? That, they need all the wide receivers they can get, right? What are you talking about? Very, very true. Very true. I, I can't argue with you there. You're just, I'm thinking about on paper, but when this actually plays out, you never know. I'm if Brandon Cooks gets another concussion, can he continue? I mean, the guy has had what five concussions in I think it's six and five years, maybe. Yes, yeah. Like that, that. It is a wonder this guy is still playing. I mean, we had that same discussion about CJ Fedorowitz way back when we were doing the show. And, you know, you, you you just really worry about that. He's obviously been cleared by doctors, but he he can't get another concussion. It's just 
if 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 he does, I mean, they're going to have to shut him down, and they're going to have to shut him down a long time. But that does open the doors for a guy like Isaiah Coulter. But then you worry about: Is he ready? Is he going to be able to step in into a, a pro situation, especially when you have not had the the the, the full offseason program that you would expect to have if we weren't dealing with COVID nineteen? few other moves that they made uh, as far as signing of free agents they got veterans Michael Thomas 5 foot 11 safety uh, out of Stanford 7 year veteran Anthony Kukwa I think that's how you pronounce his name he is uh actually not a safety but a long snapper uh I don't know if that's somebody that they're just looking just in case anything happens with John Weeks uh 27 years old a one year experience out of Lake Erie but uh, you look at some of the guys that they signed that are rookie free agents. Um, some of these guys, I don't even know if I can pronounce their names, but let me let me pick the names I can pronounce. There's there's Jan Johnson, inside linebacker. Jameer Jones, outside linebacker out of Notre Dame. Jan Johnson, inside linebacker out of Penn State. So that's that's another Penn State guy. Scotty Phillips, running back. Now this guy's a bowling ball, five foot eight, two hundred and nine pounds, out of Ole Miss. Uh, maybe somebody to look for because that's their one uh, running back free agent that I see right here. You, you got a wide receiver, another one, Tyler Simmons uh, out of Georgia, six foot, uh, 22 year old out of Georgia, Dylan Stapleton at tight end. Uh, they're they're kind of heavy in tight ends. I don't know that that guy can do much, but um, Nick Tyano, a quarterback from Chattanooga, uh, Alex Woodworth, a center out of North Texas, so there, those are some of the guys, any of the, the, the veterans signings or the undrafted guys that caught your eye or just, you, it's kind of, you're going to just have to wait and see like everybody else. You, you read my mind with, with Scotty Phillips. That's the guy that jumped off the jump, jumped off the charts. He, he seemed to get a lot of good reaction on social media. So obviously this guy, he came out of a, if I'm not mistaken, old miss. So um, he, has a great shot of being in that running backs room, especially with, you know, just the raw talent that he has available. I think you you would, you could be able to bring him in. Uh, hopefully we can have a training camp. So that way we would be able to see him, uh, you know, do his strutted stuff, but that, that would be great to see uh, the other guys. I just, with the way this COVID-19 is having an effect, it's going to be tough for these guys uh, to make the team because Bill O'Brien is saying, you know, I want the roster down to, you know, 84, 85 guys. Typically you bring it up to 90, you know, during training. Uh, but it, you, you might have to keep it down because you just don't know if they're going to be able to play, you know, what kind of deals are going to be able to execute. It's there's just so much uncertainty and, uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Starr, of course, was you know tweeting out that information, and I appreciate him as always. He's got a good eye as far as a good ear to the ground as far as what's going on. But I, I would totally get that that you have to be careful with the guys that you're signing because if you're if you're not going to be able to carry them, and if there's no season, you know you've got to pay these guys, and uh, they that's why they've emphasized you know on the bonuses, the signing bonuses, rather than signing them to deals. Because again, we don't know where this is going in terms of when the NFL is going to be able to get started. What did you think of the television experience of the draft? I mean, I I, I don't exactly ever enjoy Robot Roger, Robot Roger Goodell. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did did you see? Did you see when he 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 um the Vegas you know the draft's supposed to be in Vegas this year, and he he comes on camera and I'm I'm thinking that the cue cards are wrong, the teleprompter messed up. 
But he it was he was announcing that Las Vegas was going to hold the draft in 2022. But he like stumbled and stuttered through it. And he said, the Las Vegas, Las Vegas is going to hold the draft in 2020. I'm like, OK, wasn't it supposed to be there this year? And, uh. you know, I, <laughs> and I immediately tweeted that out on House of Houston. And a lot of people saw the same thing, too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to boo from my chair here in my 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 room office. And just that, that that's just I don't know. I, it's he needs to get back out to people because he looks a lot more natural when there's more of an audience. There's there's people because he just did. He didn't look right. Now, day three, he looked comfortable. He was in a T-shirt, jeans. He was very comfortable. He was off script, having a good time. But, boy, that first night, you can obviously tell that. I don't. I mean, he's in the public eye all the time. I don't see how he could get nervous, but I have no idea. But uh, Adam Silver all the way. That's my commissioner. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think uh, that 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 is a a hundred percent. Anybody that's a sports fan is going to be Team Adam Silver. But yes. uh, the the one thing I wanted to ask you also about the draft was, did you watch the ESPN experience, which was kind of more. Uh, you'd call it more like football experience or you were you watching the ABC experience? This is interesting because I, I don't remember them doing this in the past where they on ABC, they just did this uh, draft where it was more like um, it was more a human interest draft. You know, it was like they were talking about this, per, who who died in their family and what illness they've lived through and all that. Which which one did you watch? Which one did you like one of them in particular? I pretty much stuck with ESPN. I didn't even switch it to ABC because I assumed that it was simulcast. So I mean, if I flipped it to ABC, I was assuming I'd be watching the same thing. But but thanks for pointing that out. I wish I would have done that. But uh, yeah, so I stuck with ESPN. Um, what I do like is that you do kind of see how the inner workings of like the GMs and the coaches, how they work together. Now, obviously, we know with the Houston Texans, there's no split screen. There's no GM and there's no uh, <laughs> there's no head coach split screen. There's there's just going to be one screen of Bill O'Brien yelling at the computer and, you know, and all that good stuff. I was thinking at least he could have done a split screen with Jack Easterby. Come on. I mean, that's that's his right hand, man. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but but you already know. Heck no. He's the show. He's the star. It's it's his decision. He's he's in charge of everything. But uh, yeah, I, I just really like that, and just the fact that it was good to see like their families get involved with it. Like these guys, they don't get to see their families, like, especially at this time of the year. They're kind of in their offices. They're sleeping on their couches in their offices, but they're at home, and that that was good to see too. That they were, you know, I was able to see my dad, uh, you know, work in the middle and I'm on camera too, you know, that's just great for a kid uh, just to know that, that, that they have that opportunity. And I imagine, and uh, Trey Wingo uh, even alluded to this, that you're probably going to see more of that because, you know, the NFL is trying to ensure that its image is as pristine as possible, no matter what things happen to tarnish it. And uh, I, I, I could totally see them moving to more of this, in the future. And, you know, we, they were already doing it for the picks that said, no, I don't want to be there in person. You know, I just want to accept it at home. They were already doing this anyway. So it really wasn't much of a, uh, a change in production. You just were doing that with every pick, but you know, they were already doing this. It's just, it, to me, it turned out just fine, except for Roger Goodell, just 
screwing up his uh, lines, and that that's about it. I was going to say there was no fake Roger Goodell hugs, but then he tried to do some really cheesy virtual hug. Did you see that? That was yeah, terrible. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah, it's terrible. He's like, come here, buddy. Come on, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the best thing that could happen in the draft is get Roger Goodell out of it altogether. Just, yeah. I mean, but, you know, his ego, he wants his face in there. Uh, let me ask you, there's a couple – couple of things we got to talk about because the Texans, they they stayed busy all throughout the weekend. So it wasn't just the draft and first round pick. We said it was gone as part of the Laramie Tunsil deal. Well, Laramie Tunsil still part of the weekend because he is now the highest paid tackle in the NFL. Four million dollars more than any other tackle, Brian. I, I don't know what you thought, but we saw this all come in. Bill O'Brien said, oh, they wouldn't let me negotiate. Well, you, Come on, man. You just talk to the agent. You don't have to go through the Dolphins. Um, I'm sure the Dolphins, if you were said, yeah, we're giving you two first and a second, but I got to negotiate with uh, Laramie because we got to make, you know, we have to do a deal before this happens. Look, there would have been a side deal. Bill O'Brien just kind of lying through his teeth on that. But here they are. They they backed themselves into a corner and now they're overpaying Laramie Tunsil, which is, you know, should have never come to this, right? You know, it may be categorized as an overpay, but you had to do it. Yeah, you had to do it because you you put yourself there. I mean, like I said, the deal should have been made before the trade. End of story. He just wanted him so bad. He wanted to. He said, "Okay, we'll we'll just go on and work on the deal in the offseason. But now you put yourself in this situation where you're probably not going to have much cap flexibility for the next three seasons because – what this is going to go over that amount of time? What was it? Uh, three years, sixty-six million, twenty-two million a year. You got Deshaun. Yeah, you got Deshaun, which that's that's coming. They've already exercised his fifth-year option, uh, worth seventeen point three million as a formality. Likely, you know, that's going to all be wiped out. He's going to start his deal next season. Uh, he's making four point four million right now. So he, he, we talked. You you talked about this ad nauseum, and I remember it. You said. When now you gotta do it while he's cheap, and this is his last year where he's cheap, and we're still nowhere further than where we were when we last talked about this subject. So, you know, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to keep some of the guys that we like, but when you finally get a quarterback that's to the elite level that that he can be, I think he's almost there. He's just got to get some things together. Um, and he probably would be there if he had better coach, but you know, that's neither here or there, but, uh, it, I think that, you know, this is something that, that you just have to do. And like, yeah. like you said, there's other guys that you you have to sign. Like I worry, like Zach Cunningham is pretty damn good. I mean, you, you, you might have to make a decision, let him go and try to see if you can find somebody else in the draft next year to replace him because you can't pay him. But, you know, and I know Deshaun, Deshaun deserves every penny. I mean, he's he's not I, – I don't want people to categorize him as being selfish because he earned every penny. He's not taking away uh, from the team. I think that, you know, when you have a guy that's been able to – he's asked to do a lot. Uh, when, when the playbook fall, falls apart, and we've seen those situations, this guy just improvises and makes things happen. That play with the Buffalo Bills in the wild card game, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't in the playbook. That was just him, Deshaun being Deshaun, winning the game for us. And I, you know, I, I just love that this guy was here, that, that he's here, and just I, I want to continue to, I hope he can take us 
to a Super Bowl. I, I really do. And I just don't know if we've got the right coaching to get that done. Yeah, we're, I want to talk a little bit about Brian Patterson, the fan, in just a second. But there was one other thing that happened because, you know, they, you, we, you mentioned Darren Colvin earlier in the podcast, and it's, it's, it was a major cap hit that they took. Uh, Aaron Coleman uh, was a big mistake as a signing. Another Jaguar that they signed, uh, another secondary guy, was Tayshawn Gibson. So the Texans release Tayshawn Gibson, who they just signed as a free agent last year. Same, this is like exact, this is the same thing played out with Aaron Coleman. He played, though, last season through a transverse process fracture in his lower back, which was aggravated at the end of the season. So maybe that was something that, you know, they couldn't have done. This could have been just out of their control, but uh, it's likely, you know, from their standpoint that they don't think he can be the same guy they signed last year. So it's a $4.25 million dead cap hit, Brian, because they had to release him. Uh, So there you go. I mean, that's one of the reasons they they made the Michael Thomas signing, veteran uh, safety free agent signing. Boy, I mean, it's that's another mistake that was made, and that you know this is not a Bill O'Brien mistake because this is on Brian Gaines' watch. Game. But yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it's another one, another one, another free agent that they it kind of all went. I mean, but Gibson, he was fine last year, you know, when, but when he was healthy, and then he had the injury. And I had been talking about this. I'm like, what are we going to do with uh, Tayshawn Gibson? You had a huge out in 2021. You let him play this season, but the out would have been, it would have been a million dollars as far as a cap hit or somewhere around there if you would have cut him, which I thought was going to happen. I, that's what I wanted to address this draft, his safety. Go get another one. That's one of the things I criticized the Texas on was because of, of the safety position, it's still not solidified. I mean, you got Justin Reed, he's going to be just fine. But without Tayshawn Gibson and his injuries, you, you just gave Eric Murray, you know, a three-year, $26 million contract, play for the Browns a little bit. Yet none of his numbers just jump off the charts. I'm worried that is Eric Murray going to going to work out for the Houston Texas? All you have uh, is hope. And, and I... Yeah, I, I there's just still a lot of uncertainty there. I thought that they probably, you know, instead of uh, Jonathan Greenard, uh, you, you probably could have gone high with the safety. So that way you solidify that uh, position uh, as well. But maybe there's not a guy that they like that they wanted to bring in and they feel that these veterans are going to be able to, to, to handle it. Right. And I, I tell you what, as far as, you know, the, the, the safety position, you know, they, they've done a lot of things. They, they, they did, we mentioned the Michael Thomas veteran that they got a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, you, you, you've done a couple yeah. of things to to get to Sean Gibson out the door and bring in some other veterans, but we'll see what they do with that. Now, also, I want to ask you, because I've talked to people that say they gave up their season tickets this year after the DeAndre Hopkins thing. I, I am so down ah. at this point after the DeAndre Hopkins move. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, my, my patience is, is gone with with Bill O'Brien, I mean, not, not that I was thrilled with him, but it, it's gotten it's gotten bad, Brian. And I and I'm I'm going to ask you, as, as a fan, you go out there a lot. And I don't think you're a season ticket holder, but you go you buy a lot of tickets for the Texans. So what what's your feeling? Are you going to go any less this year? And we and we still don't even know like what they're going to do as far as fans. So that's going to be a whole other situation. But assuming you know fans, and we're going to have like a typical NFL experience. How, how do you feel about it this year? 
I want to protest as well because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have to be there. You know, it's just a, a, a fun thing to be at. But I, I want to make, take a stand, too, because us fans, we, we don't need to accept things like this. And, and I don't know if you, uh, you either listened to the conference call with the season ticket holders or, you know, heard about the things that were said. Bill O'Brien just said, I just thought it was in the best interest of the team. This is the reason why I made the move. He didn't elaborate on it. He just thought it's in the best interest of the team. There seemed to echo that. He just said, you know, you can't look at just one move. You got to look at all of them. Well, I'm looking at all of them, and I, I don't feel that we're any closer to winning a Super Bowl than we were last season or the season before or the season before that. Tell me what you're trying to do to turn this team into a winner because – you know, when you trade a fan favorite like that, and it's going to take a long time for this fan base to get over that, um, it, it it just is a slap in the face. And they 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 already know that people are still going to come to games, are going to spend money. They 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 don't care as long as that dollar uh, is coming in. But until seriously, fans stop you know going to games and canceling their season tickets and hitting them in their pocketbook. This is not going to happen. The problem with that is. It, it may have been a minute amount of fans that cancel their season tickets. The problem is that, is that there's going to be – there's this waiting list. You already know there is a season ticket waiting list. So they're going to call up other people who are in line to buy those tickets, and they'll have somebody else to replace them. They know this, and you know what? It's it's just a freaking shame. You know, they're going to go up on ticket prices just like they do every year. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a, an ultimate disservice uh, to the fan. I mean – you know, even during you remember during the two and fourteen season, I mean, people were still going to games. I mean, may have not been full, but not, people were still buying tickets. And again, when you think of it from a financial standpoint, um, Texas tickets that you can you can pretty well, even if you don't go to games, if you're a season t- ticket holder, you can resell them for marked up price and still make a profit. I mean, so people may not necessarily be going to games, but you're still going to make money profiting off of those who do buy those. Well, hold on just a second with all that stuff, because I I think you're you're saying this like it's going to be a normal year. We're we're basically in a maybe, well, we're in a recession, potentially worse than a recession right now. So, you know, expendable money isn't going to be all that big. Another thing is, um, all right, I'm a fan out there and I'm going you know what? I could be risking my life going to an NFL football game. Do I want to risk my life on Bill O'Brien and trusting Bill O'Brien? This is where it's a little bit different this year, Brian, I think. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be the, it's not going to be the same story. Yes, you will have fans that are going to make that decision and they're going to stay home and watch the game. In fact, um, the camera angles that you get, the type of devices that you can see the game on, it's almost that you have just as good of a view, uh, you know, just as you don't have that in-game experience. It's just that you have just as good of a view of everything that's going on from your home than it would be, you know, at the game. And plus, we've been staying at home for, you know, close to about a month and going on a month and a half. It feels like six months to me, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, you know, the fact that, you know, we're being conditioned to be at home, to stay at home, to prevent the spread, people may be more inclined to do that. So you do have a good point there. But do I think it's going to be enough to where it's going to hit them in the pocketbook? I don't think so. I just 
I think people are just waiting for that clearance. As soon as they, they get the all clear and say, I can go to games, they're going to be back. They're going to be back, Rob, and they're going to do whatever they can. They're going to wear their mask. They're going to put on their PPE or whatever requirements, stay six feet apart. They want to get there and get their fix, and that's that's just the sad part. Oh, they're going to be able to stay six feet apart because I think there's going to be a lot less people at the games. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, this six feet apart thing's not going to work for for the NFL. So if that that thing is going to have to be lifted because you, you you know then you're basically going to say the stadium is half of capacity or a third of the capacity or something like that. So that would be really hard to stay six feet apart in in a, in a, in a stadium situation. But I I just think. You know, the Texans fans already really depressed about the DeAndre Hopkins thing. And look, you know, Bill O'Brien could say whatever he wants to. Uh, everybody in the NFL, anybody that knows football knows. Look, even if you think you could, you're better without DeAndre Hopkins, you got crap in return. And, and that's the, the, look what Diggs got. Look what Odell Beckham got. You know, we've already gone through all this crap, but I mean, whatever. If you think somehow you're better allocating that money somewhere else, well, the same money that you allocated to DeAndre Hopkins got allocated to David Johnson, who once in the last five years has had a good year in the NFL. He's been injured his entire career. I, I don't think you know he's going to come in and all of a sudden be Earl Campbell or Adrian Peterson or whatever. So that's where you're allocating the money. You, you gave up the best wide receiver in the NFL for a lesser wide receiver in Brandon Cooks and a running back that you don't even know can stay on the field. It just it just literally makes no sense. And and basically with that second round pick, you got a defensive lineman that might be good. Uh, we'll wait and see on that. But you could have gotten a first round pick, probably a third round pick, probably a seventh, a sixth round pick, a second round pick next year. I mean, looking at what Diggs got, uh, yeah, they could have gotten a hell of a lot more. Just call should have just called up the Buffalo Bills and said, what what are you going to give for Diggs? Because that's that's what happened. But I mean, it's it's all. It's water under the bridge at this point, and, and O'Brien saying, "Look at the long term." No, no, no. We don't have to look at the long term, buddy. We know, we know. We've we've gone through all this uh, over and over and over again, and and basically, Brian, I think teams around the NFL are excited that Bill O'Brien makes all these stupid moves. But if you look at the Laramie Tensil deal, think about this, Brian. How many GMs are pissed at, at Bill O'Brien because, oh, God, he just gave Laramie Tunsil $22 million and I got a tackle, and he, he's going to be basing his contract off a, off a dumb Bill O'Brien contract? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but he has set the table. He, Laramie has uh, set the table. So I, I, I'm totally with you there. And just you know, with the fact that with – with with what's going on, you know, just just moving forward and what what you were talking about uh, with 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 Bill O'Brien, there should have been no the discussion when they were doing that deal with DeAndre. I wouldn't have not done the deal for any less than a first round pick, nothing less than a first round pick. If 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 I'm not getting a first round pick out of the deal, then I'm hanging up the phone. I can't believe. Well, I guess I can't believe that he did it. He probably did it off emotion. He got into it. You obviously see on TV where he had the meltdown. He probably had a meltdown with DeAndre, and he got on the phone, and, and he called Cliff Kingsbury, and he said, hey, you know, what do you want for DeAndre? You know, I'm ready to do a deal. I want to get him the hell out of here. So, you know, that's the kind of – you don't make those deals off an emotion. That's why you have to have a GM just like, uh, you know, our government. There's a system of checks and balances. You've got the executive branch. 
Yeah, you know, I'm even giving a civics lesson, guys. So, 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 pay attention. You know, you got your legislative branch. <laughs> you know, you got you got all of those. So, you know, this this that's the whole situation there. You have to have somebody that's going to be able to to keep, uh, you know, that person. And Brian Gaines tried to be that guy, but Bill O'Brien wasn't listening. If you're not on board with him, if you're not in agreement with him, then you're going to get shipped out of here. I mean, Chris Olson, longtime executive at Houston, Texas, you know, he got he got booted out of here. And I, I just thought that they wouldn't do that to a guy that is very, very smart, very talented. He was doing all the contract deals. I mean, he had gone way back to the Rick Smith days. And that was just, you know, just a just his team, just a group of yes men that will just say yes to whatever he says. And if you say no, then you're you're out. Well, that's uh, Brian Patterson, houseofhouston.com. Go check it out. It's always good to talk to you, brother. Thanks for doing this. Likewise, always a pleasure. And we got to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, and I also just want to remind our listeners real quick that if you're looking for something to take you away from your current troubles, listen to our Throwback Thursday podcast. Lots of fun conversations from our past seven years about Houston sports talk or Houston sports history just in general, but Houston sports talk it was all on our podcast and and it's it's stuff that you know you can listen to at any time so if you're a new listener you know go to the throwback thursdays you can always go back and listen to those and and they are good anytime you want to listen to them this past thursday you'll find my conversation with former texans quarterback sage rosenfels i asked him about kubiak Schaub, andre johnson and of course the infamous rosencopter play oh yeah we got into that a little bit too so uh again uh, the throwback thursday Check it out. We definitely would love feedback, questions, or topics. Messages through Twitter, Facebook, or email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.